Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. Hey, awesome. Great to be speaking this morning. I just want to touch on something before we get into the message. You know, we have this nice worship time and then people are sharing words. And if that's new to you, hearing people say something, um, what, what's happening in that space is often God is just speaking to people's hearts saying, hey, I want you to share something. Um, and for me, um, most of my life in church, whenever I hear someone starting to speak in the congregation, uh, there's always a little bit of like, ah, you know, is it going to be someone who's going to say something really awesome? Or is it somebody that's walked in that we have no idea who they are and they're going to say, God says you're all going to hell? Um, one of the things that I really love at Activate is that there's a really great culture of the fact that when we gather together as a church family, it is not just the, um, the chosen ones that are up on the stage and the roster that morning leading us into worship that are doing everything. It is us all together experiencing God, contributing together. It says in the Bible that, you know, come together with a word prepared, you know, with something prepared in your heart, an offering to bring. And so as you're listening to this, one of the things that um, people here do really, really well. And if you go, man, I, God speaks to me sometimes, but I'm too nervous to share something because I don't know. What are the, what are the general guidelines for sharing um, a thought that God might be giving? And so I just want to share a couple things very quickly, and then I'm going to get into the message because it's just good encouragement. It's good housekeeping and good teaching, and it's something that's modeled consistently really well, um, which is keep it encouraging and keep it brief. And that's something that people do here really well. They keep it brief and they keep it encouraging. It's always life-giving and there's always hope in it. Um, even um, we heard a word today, someone um, uh, put D on the spot was saying, you know, I feel people like there's people that might put their, turn your back to God, but God hasn't turned his back to you. There's never a sense of judgment in it. There's always redemption. There's always mercy. There's always grace. In the New Testament, the gift of prophecy is to encourage, to edify, and to build up the church. And so when a word is given corporately within a church service context, it needs to be kept brief and it needs to be life-giving and encouraging and biblically accurate. So if you can tick those three boxes and it's in one of those moments and you feel like God is saying something to you, then I want to encourage you to step outside of that butterfly moment in your chest going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and give a word in 30 seconds that is life-giving and encouraging. And then it could be for the person sitting at the other end of the room. They go, man, that was awesome, that person shared. Because they came and God had prepared a word for them. But it wasn't from the preacher. It was from the person in that brief moment. So um, you guys do really, really well. But I just thought I'd just touch on that for a moment. Awesome. Okay, so welcome. Uh, who last week can tell me, we're going to jump into a few things. Josh opened up a message. Josh is the pastor here three steps that will revolutionize the way that you do life. Uh, and I think these three steps had more disclaimers than a USA TV commercial. Um, there's a lot of loopholes. But um, he didn't quite put it in this language, but I, I, you know, roughly he said, look, you know, if you do these three steps and you do them authentically, honestly, consistently every day, at the end of the year, if, if God hasn't changed something in your life, you can have your tithes and offerings back. Um, something along those lines. I, I do not speak on behalf of the trustees. I do not have voting rights. I am not on staff. Um, I am the younger brother. 
gifted with the gift of mischief. Who can tell me these three steps? Josh brought step one. Today I'm going to bring step two. You will not get to know what step three is unless you come back next week. So for my different friends that are visiting today, I won't look at anybody. Um, come back next week for the rest. Who can tell me what was step one? The, one of the most important things that we can be consistently doing to have revolutionary change in our life. Step one. Find where God is, and step two is hear what God says. Where's my mum? Everybody look at her. She homeschooled me. <laughs> to be fair, it did say, find, find what God says. And I thought, find what God says. That doesn't sound like good England. Go back to, you know, actual notes. Ah, oh, hear what God says. And then it became hear what God says. Well, ain't that awkward. All right, so um, Activate Church, we've got a new God. Um, he's called Go. <laughs> he's not gift with patience. Um, hear what God says. Well, aren't we off to a great start? Okay, so we find where God is. Step one, then we hear what God says. Now, I want to spend this morning giving some very practical steps, instructions, ideas, thoughts, opportunities, lessons that you can do to begin to practice hearing what God is saying. There's great things to be doing finding where He is, but unless you're really great at reading body language and you actually want to hear what He has to say, um, step one only has a lot of value if you can do step two. Step two, hearing what God says, we could teach on this till the cows come home, but I want to give you a couple things to go away, put into practice. And now my disclaimer today is, Holy Spirit is a teacher. So at the end of today, if you forget absolutely everything, but you remember one thing, is that you can ask the Holy Spirit to teach you how to hear what he's saying, and he will do it. So you go, well, I don't know how to do this. When I do this, I just get blank and I get this. I'm going to give you some tools to help with some of those things. But ultimately, he's the teacher, and it's his responsibility to teach you how to hear what he is saying. And I don't know if you've ever tried to learn anything new. Um, we've got a member in our family who likes to try and learn new things, gives it five minutes, and if they're not instantly awesome at it, it's like, oh, I'm never trying this again. Um, that's often me. But hearing things, things that are worthwhile learning, it's not like we try to do it once. We devote ourselves to the mastering and the continual evolution and development of this. So I want to move through a few things today to help us learn how to hear what God is saying. But right now, let's just take a moment. And if you go, you know what, I want to learn how to hear him more clearly, or maybe for the very first time, let's just take a moment right now, because there's nothing like the present, especially when we're worshiping Go, um, and say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you teach me this year how to hear your voice? Teacher, please teach me how. Teach me how to sit in the unforced rhythms of grace, how to be still. And hear your voice. Would you lead me 
Your word says the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord and your word is a lamp unto my feet. Would you teach me how to walk in rhythm with you and hear your voice this year? Or I wanted to go through a few things as we learn to hear God's voice. Learning to hear God's voice, if you've been in church more than 20 minutes in life generally, you've probably heard the saying, it's like we've got to tune in our spiritual radio. We've got to tune ourselves in to hearing God's voice. But the trouble is, is that I find there are normal, normally three voices all speaking at once. So while I'm trying to find the right station, I'm trying to tune myself in to hear what God is saying, I keep bumping across these other frequencies. And so I hear God's voice, I hear you know, my voice, and then there's the devil's voice. So I don't know, you might be normal. I feel like half the time my mind's a little bit crazy because I've got all these voices going on. I'm like, God, what are you saying about this situation? And then, you know, I'll have a great prayer time and I'm like, oh, Monday, God says this. Well, that's great. Tuesday, he said the opposite. Okay, that's odd. And Wednesday, oh, it turns out there was an alternative version as well. And, and you know, we go through these little bits of things. Going, How do we decipher between our three voices, because for most of us, the problem isn't hearing God's voice, but is deciphering His voice from our voices or the enemy's voices. And when I say the devil, I don't want to give us too much credit. I doubt that anybody in this room actually has Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies himself, personally assailing us with, go eat another ice cream, okay? But the enemy goes around like a roaring lion, seeking who he can can devour, and there's spiritual powers and principalities, and there's a demonic realm, which his primary role is to deceive us and to distort what God is saying. And you look right back in the Garden of Eden, which Josh brought about uh, last week as he was teaching on that, that Satan came to Eve and said, did God really say? And so often we'll hear God say something and it's very often when we're seeking the presence of God, we're seeking God, very often it is the first thought that pops into our mind when we're praying about something that is often God. And then the next 99 thoughts are, did God really say that? And then by the end of it, you're so convinced that he did, and what he was wanting to do is now the farthest thing from your mind. So I want to look at a couple of things, and I want to say this. I believe the hardest voice to quiet down is our one. See, the devil's voice isn't too hard to make quiet. You combat the devil with truth. And that's why reading our Bible and all of those things are really important. And when we have a voice or a thought coming in as we're trying to seek God's guidance on something, seek His instruction, seek His will, and we have thoughts coming in, we can just stop for a moment and go, you know what, does that actually sound like my loving, all-knowing, gracious Father? Does this thought line up with Scripture? Okay, no. Well, that's probably the devil's thought. That's probably... Demon number 999.9 down on the important list, bothering me today. Probably not him. Quietening my thoughts is very difficult. And the reason why my thoughts are more difficult, I can combat the devil with truth. I can access more of the Father with intimacy. But to combat my thoughts, I need surrender. And I would like to propose, and feel free to disagree or any of those things, 
as we're learning to hear what God is saying, the biggest challenge that we have is our own personal desires and pride. And as we go before God, and when I was learning to hear him, especially in my sort of round of 15, 16 years old, and I wanted to hear God's advice on a subject, it would normally take me about two weeks of regularly seeking God and asking for his help to surrender my own personal point of view and hope of what it is that I wanted him to say. I've got option A, option B, option C. Lord, what are you wanting to say? I really hope it's A. I really hope it's A. I really hope it's A. Please say A. And we actually have to go through a process of dying to ourselves, going through a process of surrender that we're actually coming into God's presence no longer with the list of all the things that we're wanting him to say. Because it's very hard to hear the still, quiet voice when our own ambition is screaming at us. And so one of the things that we can do as we're beginning to seek God, and I'm going to speak in a few different things, so let's talk about the moment decision-making, which is so often the case. Um, what am I going to do next about this space, this relationship, this conflict that I have, this job opportunity? I have to make a decision around something or I'm stuck and I don't know how to get forward. God, what are you saying? Can I encourage you? The very first thing that you could start asking God about is, Holy Spirit, show me what are the areas in my life that I need to surrender? It's an amazing one, especially if you've got conflict in a relationship and you're needing God to speak to you in that relationship. What are the areas in my life that I need to surrender what are the prideful things or the voices that I need to let go of and go in a process of surrendering those things to you bit by bit so that those things are no longer yelling and having a hold over me so that I can be still and hear what you are saying. So let's look at a few things. Three steps. We need time, consistency, and then spontaneity. Time, consistency, and spontaneity to hear God speak and we're going to look at three different uh, methodologies for hearing God's direction. And we need to be doing them regularly, consistently, and then they will unlock spontaneity. One of the most common ways that God speaks to me is when I'm not talking to Him. I will regularly spend time seeking God for instructions and regularly come away with nada. And then three or four days later, I'll be minding my own business, listening to a song on the radio. All of a sudden, God will interrupt my day and answer my question. I don't know why often there is a delay. Have you guys ever found this? But it's like this thing that as we seek God and we spend time with Him and we're doing it consistently and diligently, it creates such a space of Him around us that then it's like He is often just invited to interrupt our day with spontaneity and to release revelation to us. So as we're going about this, don't feel stressed. If you're going, well, I'm going to set aside 40 minutes every morning and I'm going to seek God and hear His voice and you keep getting nothing. What you're actually doing is preparing fertile soil that God can drop words and seeds into whenever He wants to. 
So it's not about setting aside a time and doing it consistently that you would hear God in that moment. It's about setting aside time and doing it consistently so that you're building intimacy and authentic relationship, not so that he will speak to you when you've set aside an appointment for him. The creator of the universe, I've made an appointment for you. Come see me for I am very important. But cultivating a relationship that he can speak to you and your spirit is receptive to what he is saying whenever he wants to. So let's look at a couple things. Our Bible. Three steps today to do, and you need to do these things repeatedly, consistently, setting aside that time so God can give us spontaneity. First one is our Bible. It's really simple. Read it. And as you're reading it, instead of reading it going, I'm going to try and read my Bible in a year, and there's nothing wrong with it if that's what you want to do. If you're an achiever type personality, do that because I'd be a hypocrite if I said otherwise, because I just want to try and read the Bible faster than I read it last time. Especially the boring books. Let's be honest, they exist. Have this thought. Set aside time when you read your Bible. Sometimes you might like to create a bit of a space for it, because we're going, well, my, my objective is not information. I'm not trying to be transactional with God. He's not a vending machine. So my objective is not information. My objective is connection. So my goal with him is connection. So if I'm going to go for connection, then I may as well create a nice space, get myself comfortable, get rid of the distractions, get myself what I like to do, especially in the winter, hot water, a little bit of lemon and a ginger nut, sit down like a little bit of a granddad by the fire and go, I'm going to have a nice time. I've curated a space for connection. And then as you read your Bible, you might like to pray beforehand that the Holy Spirit, the teacher, would illuminate things to you. We're not reading to gather information. We're reading to give Holy Spirit opportunity to have something jump out at us, to illuminate something to us. So read looking for surprises. Read the Word of God looking for something to leap out. And when something kind of just stands out or catches your attention. It could just be just for a moment going, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why they said that or I haven't noticed that before. Then stop. And then begin to ask questions. Ask God questions and then begin to write down what you feel like he may be saying. Some questions that you could ask is, what just stood out? That's one. Write it down. And then as you've got that written down, go, Who am I in this story? How would this passage, God, apply to my life? Father, what in me is being challenged right now? God, are there any actions or beliefs that should change in me because of what I've just read? And if so, when should I implement some of these changes? You could create a whole list of questions and have a conversation. So don't read your Bible looking for factual knowledge. Read it as an invitation to connection. It's a book that illuminates more of the character and nature of God, and it's an aspect of discovery. So as we sit down, this is not about achieving knowledge, but as the opportunity for Holy Spirit to move spontaneously on us as we read. Now, the good thing is, is if you're doing this consistently, it doesn't matter if something jumps out to you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or not, because next week you've got a whole nother chance for something to jump out. It's kind of like fishing. 
Just one more cast, guys, and I'll come in. Just one more, and then I'll come in. And then what will happen is you'll have things beginning to jump out, and this will be encouraging to you. And then you'll also have times when nothing jumps out at all. And then you'll be talking with somebody who's struggling with something, and all of a sudden, a passage of Scripture just jumps to your mind that's totally relevant and is a key that they need in the moment. And it was something that you read three months ago, and God just stored it away. So we're not looking for instant success. We're cultivating a lifestyle. It's not about ticking a box and achieving something, but creating the opportunity for spontaneity to take place anywhere we are. To read our Bibles regularly, but with the idea of looking for surprises, then stopping and asking Holy Spirit as many questions as we can. And your brain can be a part of this. Ask your brain questions. Do what Josh does um, and ask him about it because he just researches things and looks up the Greek of this and the Hebrew and then he'll be like, do you know I read this book about this and then I read four other books about it and then it's like 20 minutes later and I have no idea what it is we're talking about but he's very excited about it. <laughs> so if you're a head knowledge type person, you can do research and your brain can be your friend in this whole process and God will work with your brain that he created to bring instruction and revelation from him directly into your life. This is my favorite one, praying in tongues. So praying in tongues, the Bible talks about that Holy Spirit gives us gifts, supernatural abilities to bring dramatic change in and around our world because we've been given the mission of seeing God's kingdom established in this earth by Christ through us. And because God is awesome, he doesn't just assemble his family and go, go do it. He assembles us and then gives us powers. One of the most awesome ones to me is the gift of tongues, which is a gift of speaking in heavenly languages. And I like now to do this most days. And, you know, I'll get up in the morning. I think my neighbors probably think I'm crazy because I pray in tongues in a shipping container with the doors open and it reverbs really loudly. And I sound like a really crazy mix between Spanish and a Japanese person. Um, this is a really crazy combination of language and sound, and I'm praying in this heavenly language, sometimes kind of doubled over, and then I get a little bit excited, and I'll go along pounding the side of my shipping container. So, you know, and that's, you know, it just goes on and on. And I know if I've had a really fun time with Holy Spirit, because at the end of it, I've lost my voice, and I'm sweaty, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. The Bible says those who pray in tongues, they build up their inner man. And this is what I love about praying in tongues. When we want to hear what Holy Spirit is saying, and we're tuning that radio, okay, we need to be tuned into the right frequency. The majority of times when I go to talk to God about something is because I'm annoyed or I'm intimidated, or I'm offended, or I'm hurt. Because that's when I'm like, I'm go running to dad, because I want to complain about something. The problem is, is when I come into his presence with a victim mentality, and I bring him all of my complaints, and then he's speaking to me, he's speaking a total different language to the one that I was speaking, because I was speaking whiner. 
and he's speaking Victor. And so I bring him all of this whining, and then I get annoyed that I can't hear what he's saying back. But what praying in tongues does is it turns off dramatically that whiny, victim, needy mentality in us, and it unlocks the freedom of the Holy Spirit to pray through us from a place of victory, faith, and sound theology. And it shifts our mindset as we're doing it till we get into the position that now I've been praying in tongues for 20, 30 minutes, 40 minutes or whatever it is, depending on how whiny I was. And then all of a sudden, God will start dropping thoughts into my mind. And sometimes I'll be praying in tongues, and this has often been the case, I'll be praying in tongues and then without even trying to, I'll suddenly shift into English and I'll be declaring God's promises over a situation and his increase and his strategy for it. And I'm hearing it for the first time as I'm saying it, or I'm rather perceiving it as I'm hearing it coming out of my mouth. And so in all of this space, I want to encourage you, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues and it builds yourself up. And I had this thing, talking about spontaneity, I had a, a challenge at work and I was going, God, I really need, a, really need a revelation, really need a revelation. I'm trying to shift something in my mind and I wasn't getting anything. And a friend said to me, don't even try because you're not the teacher. Holy Spirit's the teacher. So stop trying to shift and grow your character. It's not your job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. So just pray in tongues every day and he will take care of it. So I'd been praying in tongues nearly every day, just doing this, not really having God say anything to me at all, but just preparing the ground, just toiling the soil, just turning the soil, turning the soil. And then I was at a picnic and a friend um, made an offhand comment about something that he believed. Holy Spirit just hit me and I felt him like a wave come across me. It was like all the hairs on my arms stood up and Holy Spirit said, this was just for you. And it brought a total shift in my thinking the thing that I'd been praying about for weeks and he set it up. And he used an offhand comment from somebody else to bring a dramatic shift into my thing. I just felt like I had a tramping pack of responsibility and fear drop off my back. And I felt so much lighter, I felt so free. The next day I woke up, I was like, man, I feel so joyful. But it didn't happen in the shipping container when I was praying in tongues. What happened in the container when I was praying in tongues was I was transitioning my mindset and my beliefs from being a whiner to a son of God. And I was creating an opportunity for him to spontaneously drop truth into my life that would set me free. So as we're looking at this, I'm just gonna keep coming back to this. This is not about ticking a box. This is not about achieving. This is about building intimacy so the one whose job it is to teach us will teach us. So we read our Bibles with the idea of being surprised. And we pray in tongues to build our inner person up. But in doing so, that shifts our mindset from a flesh nature to a spirit nature. From humanistic thinking to heaven thinking. And then we're in heaven thinking, we can hear what heaven has to say. Let's see if I can skip this along. Then write it. Journaling, I reckon, is, is a really powerful thing. And you can journal 
after reading the Bible, I would talk about asking questions. You can pray in tongues and then journal. You can have a worship time and then journal. You can go for a run and feel God's presence with you and then journal. This is what I like doing. I like asking God questions. I like to set aside time to pray in tongues, to worship Him so that I can shift myself from whiner to victor. And then when I'm in that space and I feel like, oh man, my head's in, like, I'm thinking differently now. I can sense his presence. I then ask him questions. I write my questions down, sometimes in a blue pen and his answers in a red pen. And I'm not so worried about whether I'm actually hearing him correctly or not, because I'm not about to go out that day and put any of those things in red into action. I can come back to them later on and reflect on them. But I interview God. I often interview him. And Rowena does this as well. And one of the first things that we'll do sometimes is we'll get into a space, we'll worship, pray in tongues, and then this is the most important question, Holy Spirit, what do you want to talk about? I've discovered multiple times going, God, I've got some problems I need to talk to you about. And he said, yeah, I know you do, but they're not your real problems. They're just the problems you're aware of. You've got much deeper issues. <laughs> it's never overly encouraging. So now I go, what do you want to talk about? Holy Spirit, what, is, what, are, what are some questions that I should ask you? Well, let's at least come into the conversation with a healthy dose of humility. What should I ask you, Holy Spirit? What do you think would be the best things you and I could talk about today? And then sometimes if that seems a little bit too hard and my mind is not quite there, or I've been feeling guilty about something because I've been tuned into the devil for too long and I've pulled myself down, I'll come in and say, God, what is it about your nature that you want to remind me of today? What aspect of who you are do you want to reveal to me? Or I'd say, God, what is it, you know, this is like, you know, you really need to pick me up, but I often ask this, God, Jesus, can you just tell me something else that you love about me? <laughs> can we just start with something really uplifting before we get down to the nitty-gritties? So here are some questions. If you want to jot a couple thoughts down that you could run with as you journal this year. Holy Spirit, what would you like to talk about? What would you like me to know about you? This one I love. This is probably one of my most favorite questions, especially if I'm feeling like I need breakthrough in life. I'm hitting up against constant challenge in, in some areas. And I'm becoming more aware of the problems than I am about Jesus in the room. What are you declaring over me right now? And then you can follow that up with, how should I partner with what you're declaring? And this is a, this is a really good one. I used to ask this one to Rowanna actually a lot the first year we were married. I think I asked it nearly every week. Is there anything that I'm doing right now that you would like me to stop? Is there anything that I'm not doing you'd like me to start? You could change that one to, is there anything that I'm believing right now that you'd like me to stop believing? Is there anything that I'm not believing that you'd like me to start believing? How can I begin to build that into my life? So as we look at this, these, these steps. Ah, oh, there we go. Look at that. Thanks, Mum. Hearing what God says. It's not 
too difficult in the sense that you've got the greatest teacher in the universe to help you. And if you would set aside time, if you would be consistent, you'll open yourself up to spontaneity with Holy Spirit. You could create a whole lot of different ways. There's so, so many ways that God talks to us. So many. Prophecies, dreams, words of knowledge, all of these different avenues. But just starting with, read your Bible. Read it with the point of view of expecting something to stand out, to be surprised, and then ask God questions about it, research it, and allow Holy Spirit to illuminate it. Shift from a victim, humanistic mentality to a faith stance by activating the Holy Spirit in you and praying in tongues. If you don't know how to pray in tongues and you'd like to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit to do that, come see me after the service and I'll pray with you. Then thirdly, interview him. Ask him questions. And then as you write it down, your question's in blue if you like, his answer's in red, then take it to a friend or somebody in the church that you might know that has got a, a good grasp on a relationship with God and hearing from him. Go, hey, can I sit down with you for coffee and go over some of the things the Holy Spirit might be saying to me? And can we look at these together and just see what might be him or what might just be my imagination as you go on that journey? And then just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, and you will tune in that radio to the point where you know his voice. For the Bible says, the sheep know my voice and I call them by name. Awesome. Hey, thank you very much, church. That's what I wanted to share with you. That's the end of the teaching. Next week, Josh will be sharing the very final thing and then you'll have the whole set, and then you probably won't have to come back to church again because he's <laughs> boasted that this thing is that good. So, awesome. Um, I haven't put a lot of thought into what we're not doing any more songs, are we? No? Oh, that's cool then. I get to finish. Um, that's the end. Uh, we've got tea, coffee, um, grab your kids. Why don't we just pray, eh? Let's do that because that feels like something that's good. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you designed us with the sole purpose of being in deep divine relationship with you. That there is nothing more natural than us being in regular life-giving connection, hearing your voice, you hearing ours, and doing life together. That is the God-given DNA of who we were created to be. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you as a teacher that you would lead us more and more into the realization of that, that each one of us this year would have our life being instructed and ordered by you because I know that that is the greatest, most life-filling adventure that there is. Amen.